0: So um, I'm joined by former Peach United defender Ryan Bennett. Ryan, how are things? Are you enjoying this moment in time of no football?
1: Nah, it's not. It's not too bad. Obviously, it's <clears throat> it's the same for everyone. Um, yeah, I think I've been home longer than uh, maybe a lot of other people. Obviously, we the football season kind of the game got called off, and literally from that day haven't been outside really, apart from obviously to exercise and, and, and do and do some running. So. It's been tough um in terms of keeping fit obviously it's it's always a lot harder on your own um, um we have a great support staff obviously at leicester now um they're always in contact always sending stuff always always there for guidance so it's nice to have that um but like i said you know you're waking up the same you're just by yourself obviously you have the family in the house but you're by yourself you're trying to keep fit you're trying to do things and it's the uncertainty of not knowing when you're going back, how it's going to play out, what's going to happen in the season, what's going to happen next season? Obviously, for my position, I'm on loan at uh, the end of the season, so we'll see what happens with that, and everything's just up in the air. But it's the same for everyone, so it's not just me. But like you say, you've got to make the most of it, enjoy it. I've done more work than I've ever done in my in my life, so I'm not very good at it. So yeah, so I've been uh, trying to add some strings to the bow, but um, it's not gone too great. But as I said, you know, there's nothing else to really do. But you've just got to try and make the best of it as you can, you know, and like you say it's important to stay, stay at home and do and do what you're told. Um, I mean you see, I've seen a lot of people to be fair who, who don't want the exercise I don't think and uh, seem to be out on the, out on the road and that's just near me so you know it might not be the same for everyone, but um, I say you've got to respect the rules and, and hopefully we'll get out of it sooner than rather than later.
0: So I wanted to have a chat with you um, obviously about your, your time at Peterborough. I mean um, you joined from Grimsby. What can you remember about that actual transfer and, and how did it how did he end up at Peterborough?
1: Uh it was sort of a conundrum of different things. I mean you can probably re- remember some of the stuff just as well as me. Um, but there was sort of interest uh from a little bit before, um, which never really materialized. Uh obviously Mike Nor was a manager at Grimsby, who sort of he really looked after me to be honest, um, in regards of a new contract, sort of making me sort of captain at the time, obviously at such a young age. And it was a big sort of step forward. I was enjoying my time there, enjoying my football there. And then Peterborough sort of come 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 of interest. And at that time, Peterborough sort of were in League 2 at the first time when they first started pushing, obviously signing signing some, some good players and making some good acquisitions to sort of progress through the leagues. And it was a club where it was looking to progress with the type of player that I was at the time. Um, obviously, just a young lad. No one's ever took a chance. And I've been released um, from, from sort of... A better club, as such, you know, obviously don't don't look like that now. But at the time, the academy was good at Ipswich and stuff. I was being released from there to so then go to Grimsby, sort of getting a chance there, and then having that interest and it kind of cooled off uh, a little bit, um, and that, that was sort of the way it was. Obviously, speaking to the manager Mike Mill, um, I was happy there. so said as I said, he looked after me, and things had gone like that. And then there was actually there was actually a game that I played in, um, and I don't think I've ever actually said it and. It was a call Name Guy Branson. It was funny, Guy Branson um, turns to me and, during the call and says, uh, oh, I spoke to Barry Fry about you. And that was kind of it. And, uh, and, never, no, and I've never really seen him since. Um, and it was never never really sort of picked up, never spoke about. And, you know, it's one of the things that you look back on that and you think to yourself, he knew more than me. Um, and then, yeah, like you say, things developed um, at Grimsby, The results weren't as good as maybe what they wanted. Uh, obviously at that level, you know, Money's important and and I was sort of a sellable asset at the time that they had and and you look at it and I think sort of Mike nor leaving maybe maybe I had a part to play in that I think maybe the uh, the chairman at Grimsby at the time had sort of thought about you know utilizing the money that he could get uh, to sort of benefit them you know and, and put them put them in a better position than what they were in. Obviously, at the time, Grimsby weren't actually bad players, Obviously not to me—I was a young lad—but we had some players come in, and it's probably the same at a lot of League Two, League One clubs. You can get players who come in from sort of a step above, and and sort of take more money than what the players already there are. And sometimes you didn't get the same commitment and the same sort of—not effort, because every player puts effort in—that's the wrong word. But you know, things don't work out, and there's not the. Maybe the 100% commitment off the field as, as maybe what the players who were there sort of grafting, trying to earn their way the other way. Um, and that sort of position we found ourselves in a little bit. You know, and I think I've seen other people speak about it before. And I think the sort of the chairman, the manager maybe spoke. <clears throat> obviously, the manager didn't agree, um, he didn't want me to go. Uh, the chairman obviously wanted me to go. Um, and there was a bit of a thing, I'd, I I was in my mindset that I wasn't going. And I actually got a text message. This is this is all within 24 hours, really. There was nothing, no really conversations. I knew the interest, but from three, four months before this. Um and literally I got a phone call uh, or a text about half past ten at night. Um and it just said it was it was from a, a good friend of mine who worked at Brimsby, and it just said, keep your head, things could happen in the morning. And I was you know, you sit there and you think to yourself, oh, I don't know what he's on about. I just, I just moved into my first ever house, a little place in Grimsby, and near the training ground. We sort of settled there. And then I thought, we well, my going 10, 11 o'clock and obviously there's nothing that can happen there. So normal day, you know, I wake up the next morning thinking I'm in mean, my training kit, because I used to live close, we you go straight to the training ground. So I got a text message. And we never used to be in it till 10, 10, 10, 15, or something like that. Um, Oh, they just want to see you in the office before, before training, which is at the ground, so you have to drive the other way, which is, and I was like, oh, all right, no worries. So I'm there, going normal day. And I used to get on with everyone there, so like, I used to be, as I said, because I was so young going there, I used to spend a lot of my time in the offices and where the sort of, where, where we used to do our work as, as college students, that the same as the youth team guys would do there. So we used to all walk at the ground. So I used to spend a lot of time there. So I was, anytime, no one went in, oh, how's everyone speaking, just normal. Got pulled in the office, a tiny shoebox kind of office, um, and it wasn't. It wasn't actually the chairman that, that told me, um, and it, it literally was as simple as: we've accepted a bit from Peterborough. We want you to go. Um, they want you down there by. I can't remember what time it was now. They want you down there by so, a certain time because they're training in the afternoon. I'm in my training kit in Grimsby, and I was thinking to myself, "What's going on here?" Obviously, I'm. Um, I was a young boy, my 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 missus at work, I didn't know it, no one knew anything. And then it was like, right, so you need to get in the car and we want you want to go down there and talk with them now. But bearing in mind it's quite unusual because I, at this time I had no agent. I didn't really not believe in agents, but I had an agent at a certain time at Grimsby and, and obviously didn't stay together. Um and I was at a certain mindset of, you know, what's he gonna do for me? If I'm gonna do it, I can do it for myself. Like the way I play, the way that the way that I sort of perform on the pitch will benefit, will, will sort of be the reason that I leave or the reason I don't leave, and it's as simple as that. Um, and I actually went down there, so anyway, so long, long story short really, but, so I spent the time, so I got in my cars thinking, my head's all over the place, I mean, my, literally I'm still in my Bringsby training kit, and I'm thinking, they're telling me I've got to go there now. So I set off, obviously, never really drove many places before, so the sat-nav, I'm just trying to follow it. And then I'm getting phone calls every 20 minutes. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? I'm thinking, Relax, like I'm making my way down there now, and and there was sort of an urgency to do it, and and at the time I was in my head I was I'm not I say I'm not rushing, so if they want me there at a certain time, that's that's their option. It wasn't deadline day, it was nothing, and I was like, oh fine. So anyway, got all the way there. took longer than my shit off because I made it. Um, so I drove in, and I remember just pulling in the car park um, at the stadium, literally on my own, still in my Grimsby training kit. And I was thinking to myself, what am I what's, What am I doing here? I've never, never, I've never done any of this before, never done it, never experienced it. Thinking, I don't know how it works and what's going to go on. So I said, he run me again, I said, oh, I'm here now. I said, oh, I'll go in. So I go in and I just say to the receptionist at the time, I don't know, he might have even been you there. And uh, and I said, I'm here to see Barry Fry. Um, and that was literally as simple as that. And, and then obviously, you know, Baz's Baz comes downstairs loud. I was a young boy like thinking, you know, this is this is this is crazy. And you know, went up to the room, spoke, as you do, you know, was negotiating different things. And at that time, as I said earlier, Peterborough was a club that was making making not, not making a name for it, but it was probably a bit early for that, but giving young players a chance that maybe wouldn't have got the chance in other circumstances. And it was never about money. And that was that wasn't just me. That's not me saying that trying to be, you know, a nice guy or whatever. That was 99% of players that ever went there to make it and, and, and progressed on. That was the same the mindset that we all had. It wasn't, you could, if you made it about money, you wouldn't have gone. Mm. It's as simple as that. So literally, it was in there. I think it was literally £100 more than what I was earning um, at Grimsby. That's, that, that's literally what it was. And I'm sitting there, but obviously everyone at Grimsby is telling me like, all these times, oh, you're going to move you know, this amount of money. And I'm thinking, thinking well, if I had that money, I don't know what I'd do. So I'm kind of in this meeting, I'm thinking to myself, doing a championship. I'm thinking, who we could offer it. So I'm sat down a bit nervous. And then he offered me, I thought, ah, this is not what I thought. <laughs> this is no. I thought it was gonna be. Um, so yeah, so obviously, as I said, I was sat on my own, no agent, nothing. And I was there, and, and then obviously Daryl wasn't there. Darryl was probably abroad, I guess, business and stuff. And I was sort of Santa Baz I, I spoke to, I spoke to Darren Ferguson. And he was like, how's it going? I said, you know, it's not, there's no way I thought it would be, um, you know, in terms of the money, the, the way it is, the way they're talking, I said, um, "And b- b- before this, the chairman's on the on the phone, obviously, I've told Baz I'm not going to sign for that, so, um, <laughs> the chairman rings, and he's talking to Baz, and, but he said, I've got the lad here, you know, you know how he is, I've got the lad here in front of me, he's saying this, he's saying that, he's not here. and he's like, oh, I don't know, yeah." i and I'm, I'm sitting there, literally, not intimidated, but a, a little bit, nervous and not really knowing what's going on and he so said he passes the phone to me and Darren's talking oh yeah yeah good yeah blah, blah. and he's talking and there's always one thing he says and I'm, probably the, I'm probably the age you know near the age he was when he was on that phone, that phone call to me so I understand what he means more now um he said to me he went look we're giving you an opportunity He went, we know if you don't want to take it that's, that's your, that's your idea, your problem, your, your thoughts. He said, but sometimes you've got to put your, well, he said, your balls on the line. That's the way he said it. Sometimes you've got to put your balls on the line, and make a decision to get where you want to be. That's what he's, and this is his, work. that's what I did in terms of him. That's what I did. And that's what got me where I am today. If I never done that, I wouldn't be where I am yeah. And at the time. I was, you know, it was a phone call where I was just like, yeah. thinking, I like, just trying to get me to sign. So I was like, all right, yeah, put a phone down to I Said, I right. said, what did he say? I said, I oh, said this and that. He said, put your balls on the line. You need to make you need to make a decision. I'm he said, I think he was 32 because I'm sure he said I'm 32. I won't say the next bit, but I've got a lot of money <laughs> and I put my balls on the line. So which made sense. Um, so I said to Basil, I said, look Baz, nothing's changed. Um, you know, you're telling me the chairman's on the phone telling me all right, if you sign today you're playing Saturday. I'd already spoke to the manager who told me I wasn't playing Saturday. So I knew that. Um, and they was training uh, and they wanted me to train but as I said I'm still in my rooms week I'm upstairs in the office the lads are down all the lads are downstairs because you used to get changed at the at the ground back then um, and I was just in a, in a weird position and and it was literally they wanted me to sign that day I had nothing with me no clothes nothing and they wanted me to sign and literally stay there and I was like I'm not I said I'm not happy with everything so I said um, I'll, I'll decline the offer and I'll, I'll go back he was like no no problem you go and that was it. And that, I thought, oh, I well, me done. So I drove back home. Nothing really got said, spoke to some people. I said I didn't agree anything. Um heading back to heading back to Grimsby where I live. Same thing. I was in my house again that night. And then Darren Ferguson rings me. He says, Benno, what happened? I said, Oh, it's just the way, you know, the, the meeting thing didn't go too good. I said, like I didn't didn't accept the terms and, and everything like that. Um I said and I and we made the point was it wasn't really about money. It was about it was, a, it was more about the progression in terms of structuring the deal. Mm-hmm. I had obligations from Grimsby, obviously, of having that money in terms of buying a house that I bought there was subsidised by Grimsby, so I had that to sort out. And there was loads of other things that would have meant I was way out of pocket um, and and wasn't really set. I and mean, it would have took a bit of time. So I explained that situation to him about you know past the house, the sort of. The structures that I had that I just set up. And he was really good on the phone to me to be honest. And he says, he says, right, he says, come back tomorrow and we'll get we'll get it sorted properly and then you know, it'll be done. So I thought, all right, but he said bring some, you know, bring some gear this time, you know, just in case because if you sign then, you know, you can stay in the hotel, mm-hmm. you go to the game tomorrow. Um and he said, you're, so you're not gonna play, which is fine. So I said, yeah, no problem. So same thing. Next day I drove all the way there. Uh I got there. Barry Fry's got the same contract that he offered me yesterday, printed out with a pen. <laughs> he said, "Here, you ready to sign? I said, No. I said, I didn't. I said, We've already spoke about this. I said, Like, this was yesterday. Oh, well, I got told you're coming down here to sign. And that's, that's the way business works. Like, I understand it now, but the time was different. And I was like, thinking, oh, Not again, you know? So then again, Dan Fergus speaks to me. And then I think maybe he speaks to Barry Fry and like that. And literally, as I said earlier, it wasn't about money. It was, I think maybe it was £50 more that I got in the end. I pounds more. It was, it was nothing, um, but it was just the, the the way the structure was that was in terms of basically I had a loan from Grimsby to, to enable me to purchase the house that I needed to buy, because once you sign a pro contract Grimsby, you couldn't live in digs. So it was, it was a complicated situation. But so Barry Fry actually took the loan, so he bought he bought the loan from Grimsby. Then obviously I had to pay him back. So it's very complicated, and there's a lot of like personal stuff to it, but like it was just it was just a hard sort of conversation to have and literally that was as i said that was sorted to move that things were put in place obviously he took that over which was the main sort of stumbling block and then i had to sell my house to move to Pebra because I, I couldn't afford to just move and buy a house They didn't have that money um they put me in the hotel obviously for the first i think the first three months so it enabled me to to sort of save and, and work different things out which was obviously something they did for me and then, yeah, literally, so we agreed it from there. And then, obviously, signed, went there. I think it was initially a loan, but the deal was kind of, you know, it was done. Um, obviously, during that time, we could only go on loan and sign permanently. I think it was in January. So, the deal was done, I went on loan, then it got made permanent in January. So, it was a very long story of how I signed, but if you wanted to know it, then now you know it all.
0: Uh, do, do, you remember, do you remember your debut? Do you remember anything about the first game you played? First game I played, I come on
1: as a sub. I think
0: it was against Barnsley
1: and I'm sure Ian Hume was up front and I remember sitting I was on the bench obviously and I remember I remember sitting there thinking coming on I think we might have even been losing 2-1 I remember just stood on the side and I said this was a championship at the time so it wasn't mm. you know people might look at him and think oh it couldn't be that bad I'm telling you like this is a championship team playing the championship I've been playing in league two as a young boy It was a big thing you know it was a big thing for me and I think I remember sitting there on the side and I was thinking He's, cool. he's putting me on here, you know, as a defender, you don't, you know, in these situations, you don't need to come on. Mm. So obviously, I, was, I trained for a couple of weeks and I was like, you no, know, you, you, you don't doubt yourself, but you know, there's always that thing of, am I ready? How am I going to find it? I was playing against men. I was, I was a, not a kid, but a sort of a, a boyish, a boyish adult, um, obviously coming on. I remember 20, 20, 20, 25 minutes, something like that. And I remember after the game, and it, that's probably the main thing it did for me was was giving me that, oh, I've done it now, like, and that was probably a good time to actually do it, you know, to come on for twenty minutes instead of just going straight into start. Because obviously, people don't understand, you know, when you're nervous, when things are not normal for you, the warm up then becomes harder. You're breathing more. You get you get a dry mouth. Players will know what I'm talking about when I say you get a real dry mouth when you're making your debut and you're nervous. You get all of that. So I kind of passed that out of the way with within that sort of 20-minute, 20 25-minute window, wherever it was. Um, so it was good in, in, in terms of that. And then and then, obviously from there, was kind of, you know, I played sort of obviously a lot more. Um, the season didn't go too great, obviously, in the end. Um, it turned out that Darren sort of left straight away, which I uh, didn't mean any favours. But um, yeah, and then from there, obviously, it was probably a period of up and down, different managers, as I said, didn't get along with some, did the others, you know, and 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 that's the way it was. That's not just for me. That's for every single player, for every league and every club. There's certain things you do, certain people like it, certain, people you run them. and that's what it was. But it's, it's, it's obviously a time I look back on. And it was it was amazing to be fair. Like the whole setup there wasn't it wasn't just it wasn't just about football there, you know. Like uh, it's hard to sort of comprehend the people you're talking and when we used to say we used to go to the changing, you know, we go straight down. I always remember it, straight down that corridor through the door. I used to be in your office. 24-7 like you know that's just why i was always there you know I was always there messing about laughing and that and that's why it was so good everyone was there every day just laughing would go there everyone was together it was uh, brilliant but yeah for a day i do remember <laughs>
0: who um obviously you played with with gabby zekwani as a centre-half was he um what was he like to play alongside did you learn much from him i mean he, he was a I suppose FIFA would describe him or football manager would describe him as a, as a no-nonsense defender in comparative terms to probably a ball-playing defender like yourself. Did you learn a lot about the physicality from him?
1: Yeah. Um, and that's sort of something you can take. I mean, I played with a few players, obviously, um, during that time, you know, here and there. Um, enjoy playing with Russ, obviously, a centre-half. We did that a couple of times at Norwich as well when we both ended up going there and I enjoyed playing with him, actually. But um, Gabs was... I wouldn't say underrated because he was very, very appreciated at Peterborough. But I think if I never had him and the qualities that he had, it wouldn't have enabled me to sort of develop the way that I did. Because there used to be a lot of things that he would take care of, probably without people realizing and watching and knowing. Like you know, I would always know the ball if the ball was coming in the middle down the middle my side. You know, a little bit, and you're thinking you're know, playing against it a big boy. You know thinking funny bit so there was no he took the pressure away from all of that. Like I would sometimes I'd sit there and I'd think Phew. he wasn't you know he wasn't the tallest guy he wasn't the biggest guy but I promise you that like, he was he was solid like hard as like his head like it was like a brick and uh, trust me I felt his teeth go in the side of my head. <laughs> so I know how hard it actually was. Um, but yeah it was brilliant for me like and the relationship that we had on the pitch as well was was sort of unbelievable. I knew, and this—it sounds like it should happen because this is normal football, but it doesn't. It doesn't work like that. And and I just knew if the ball, if I, if I've always gone for the ball and it went past me or whatever, I knew that he was there. And that's something that you have in the back of your mind that gives you, it gives you so much confidence before you go out because I knew that I could just. The ball comes down the line, goes over my head. I don't even. I just know he's there. And that's just the way that we worked, and that was down to you know him as the way he played, and also the work that we did on the training pitch with the managers and stuff like that. So it wasn't all about you know just just me and him, obviously. But the qualities that he had were probably the qualities that I lacked a lot back then. Um, so as I said, he took the bulk of every sort of physical battle, and and probably. Probably disheartened about seventy-five percent of the players that that we that we come up against. Yeah. So by the time they come near me, I think their head was hurting, the back of their legs were hurting, and they just they didn't honestly. It sounds crazy, but they just didn't they didn't react the same. You know, they're probably thinking, I don't want to go near him. You know what I mean? He's kicking me all over the gap. Like, but then he was quick, he was strong, he was good in the air, and I just knew he's there. You know what I mean? And As I said, yeah, I used to get the ball a little bit more back then than probably what I do now, but, like, there's certain things that we worked on. But as I said, yeah, as a defensive partner for for the time that we had and sort of the quick sort of progression that I made was a lot down to the partnership and sort of the confidence that he enabled me to have playing next to him, yeah.
0: Yeah. If not him, who was the best player you played with during your time with Posh?
1: A defender or anyone? Anyone? Best player I played with. Some good players, you know very very good players um it, like I, I used to love playing with craig walcott i used to love it like, honestly i just it's the same thing a bit same same with gab's I there was times when he he must have hated it because i was like craig stay in and he'd go in and then he'd go back out and they come in again and i used to be like i like this kid <laughs> um so I used, to, I used to love playing with him uh obviously grant mccann literally he was brilliant for us because he'd just sit in front of his passing board and just put it where he wants. Um, McLean and Mikel as a partnership were frightening. Uh, Obviously, Boydie, Tommy Rowe, unbelievable player, probably massively underrated as well. Um, But, there's sort of two players that come to mind in terms of talent. One's Lee Tomlin and the other one is Paul Taylor. And that's probably not one that everyone was expecting, but like in terms of talent and the way that they come in. Like Tomo come a couple of times when he was at Rushden. he trained a little bit and we was like, just kidding. Never see him for a while. And he come back. And he was like Phew. and he was obviously everyone knows how good he is, but and then the same with Paul Taylor, I always remember the first time he, I'd I'd actually played against Paul Taylor when I was at Grimsby. I was in we played in a competition in Barnstable, which is was down south. And we played against a Belgian team. I don't know who they were, and we had a guy called Paul Linwood, who was centre half, and I was playing the first half with him because the pre season we played two forty five different teams. Yeah. Um, and there was this little, you know, this little stocky kid with a bald head, and he goes, "I know him." He said, "I think he was at Chester, maybe." Linus was at Chester, I think, and maybe uh, Towers was there. And he went, "I'm telling you now, he's unbelievable." And then I was looking and thinking, oh, he's a small, you know, small boy. Said, nah. Well, after that 45 minutes, I thought to myself, Jesus, this kid is, is crazy. And I, never, and, I never, and I never see him again for, I don't know, years. And then the day that he turned up in the changing room with Peterborough, I was like, I felt like Paul Linwood. I was like, lads, this guy is unbelievable. And I remember him. I remember him sat there in the changing room. Like, you know, a lad from like local Scouts, lad from Liverpool, like broad accent. You know, and I thought, you know, the way he walks around didn't look, didn't look like well, coordinated and stuff like that. But I'm sending these, like, I'm saying to these boys. I'm telling you, man, watch. I remember the first few sessions in the first week, and you know, we're doing these sessions, and everyone's like, Whoa, "Who, who is this kid?" And obviously, you know, he's he's had his off-field issues, whatever. But I think Peter probably got to see the best of him at certain times, and obviously then he then he left and moved on. Um, and for some, one reason or the other, you know, things haven't, haven't been more too great, but um, as I said, for talent, he was, he was unbelievable and managed correctly and maybe taken away from some situations that he was in. I think he'd have been a top player, but, you know, for certain reasons, that doesn't happen. That's not just him, you know, that happens to a lot of players. Um, but yeah, Lee Tomlin, in terms of ability, awareness, you know, very, he wasn't underrated because he's, he's very rated, but like, very misunderstood in terms of him as a person him him as as an athlete you know teams always come to come play say he's no he's not that quick he's not that strong trust me he can run and he's a strong boy and i think people are starting to see the best of him now you know that now he's he's obviously a bit leaner now but um he was still the same back then and he was a bit misunderstood as, as as a kid you know he's a top 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 guy, and you know that, and everyone at Peter knows that he's seen him over a period of time, and it's nice to see that he's actually you know back at it and, and back involved for Cardiff now, and sort of flying. You know, I love seeing the clips when he's doing these things because I haven't seen that for years. So, so I'd say yes. Yeah, so I'd probably say Lee Tomlin is an all-round, all-round sort of watching him when he first come and seeing what he done in games. But like you say, it's a tough one because at certain and different times, there's been some there's been some brilliant players, you know at, at Peterborough you know it's some of some of them probably are, are way underrated some of them obviously overrated but there was there was an influx of players when I was there a big group who are very very talented players and some have gone up and some have sort of plateaued some have gone a little bit down but you know the, the group of players that we had is probably one of the most one of the most hard working talented but, but mostly together you know there was there was a massive culture there at the time for everyone to be sort of around each other uh, a lot longer than what happens these days you know we spend we just the majority of every single day together for a long time instead of what it's like now
0: and in terms of the the, the playoff final um obviously everyone remembers um you know obviously how, how good the performance was as a defender when you're coming up against a side like Huddersfield and you saw Jordan Rhodes wasn't playing did that give you a boost ahead of kickoff
1: well, that was the biggest surprise i actually remember it um and there was, even like, well, previous to that, I wasn't even planning at the start of the season, but um, <clears throat> we played them. And it was always a bit of, always a little bit of needle, you know, between, between us and them when we played. And, and so it was them and MK Dons, I would always look at them and be a bit like, you know, you know, I want to do these. I don't, I don't know why and what it was, but it just is the it was. And uh, obviously see, seeing, seeing their team that day, obviously Rosa was flying um, at the time. And obviously they had Benikophobi on the line who was just a young young lad at the time who obviously has gone on and done unbelievable things in football and I actually played with him a couple of years ago now. So to see that team sheet come in and sort of realise he's not playing was I don't know if it was a massive boost but it was a it was a shock. And maybe that's why they did it. I don't know why they did it or why they didn't do it or what the reasons were, whether he was carrying injury I don't know. But in terms of working on something all week And working on players a week and when you get any changes obviously changes little little things and I think Lambenech is a totally different player to what Rhodes was so um, it was it was difficult they had a really really good team but I also remember when we went there and we see I think they put something on the seats all the seats and we see all this thing on the seats and I remember going there thinking thinking you know, all these things on the seats. We've just got, we've got a stadium there. Just there, in there. We, we're sitting there. They've got everything on their seat, trying to make this big thing. And sometimes that Spurs players on. And that's what it did. We see all this and we thought, nah. Like, you can't be coming in and having this big party when we're here. Like, it was like we wasn't there. They thought, they thought oh, we, you know, we're halfway there already. We're 75% done. All we've got to do, roll up, we'll turn these over. Because they had a good team at the time. We'll roll up, we'll turn these over, and then we'll get no and there was a big thing, and we were just like, nah. And that was the group, but as I said earlier, the group that we had, had a big sort of togetherness and, and mental sort of capacity to deal with them situations. We've always shown it, but look at the MK Dons game. Obviously the first day to the second day. we always had that sort of togetherness, but the mental attributes to deal with them situations. And, and again, that's what we did. We went there, dealt with the situation. And I remember, I remember the first 25 minutes, 30 minutes thinking, it's gonna be a long day. This like it's gonna be a long day. We was not struggling, but there was having some good. There were having some good times, and uh, and obviously, you know, we went on to win and, and end up being a sort of fantastic end of the season. But sort of props has to go to the managers, the coaches that that year because there was actually a spell three, four weeks before the season had finished where we didn't shut down as a team, but there was an idea and a thinking of. If you can look back and you'll see the team sheets of individual players resting at certain times within the last three, four weeks of the season and having some time off to then have a four-week build-up into the semi-final or final to make sure we was at maximum, sort of, maximum potential of our sort of capabilities at that time. And that's probably not other, what other teams didn't do. So whether people know that, I don't know, but there was a lot behind the scenes that were done in the right way. To enable us to be sort of peeking at that right time, and obviously ended up getting us where we got to. So,
0: you mentioned obviously Darren previously. Obviously, back as manager of Peterborough at the moment, he's obviously got a real affinity with the football club. What was he? Was he like in the dressing room? Everyone sees him obviously on the touchline. What was he like as as a, as a as a young player in the dressing room? How did he help you?
1: Oh, he's brilliant. It's funny; I always say is keeps saying underrated It's the wrong word. Really, like he's never had the chances that, that maybe that he should or deserved as I always say to people at the time, they say, oh, he's your favorite coach to the work boy, the favorite, this, the favorite, that. Always come back to him because he probably understands players differently. Obviously I worked with Gary Johnson there as well and sort of Jim Jim Gannon. And they were two sort of opposite managers to what he was. And if they didn't understand you, you was in serious trouble. Like and that would happen to me. Like there's no secret about Gary Johnson not liking me, wanting to get rid of me. Like that's the way it was and that's the way that some managers are but Darren Ferguson could sort of look at players individually a lot of managers would have an idea or a perception of a player and a mentality that they should have and the way they should act Darren Ferguson that's where he was different he'd understand like I say he'd understand Lee Tomlin he'd understand Nicky Josie when he come and things weren't going great he'd understand Grant McCann who was an older lad he'd understand me being a young lad he'd understand Robbie You know. He'd understand all these different people in different places and different positions and deal with it. And and that's something that probably doesn't get spoken about. You know, obviously there's not really times you do speak about, it, it's just the way it is. But he understood everybody, always done things to enable everyone to be together. There was times where we'd lost, we'd come into training, we'd say, right, you know, we're all going for we're all going for lunch together today. We're all going to we're all going to eat together tonight. We'd have some music on, we'd all be sat around in a circle, we'd be talking, chatting. There was times like that that just kept everyone there and he was sort of big on that and in terms of in terms of around the training pitch on the training ground, he was very involved. I mean I don't know what he's like now this is a little bit older but in the in the little possessions and the little little sort of things we used to do, he used to join in He used to be thinking to myself, this guy's is a player. Like you know he never he'll never give the ball away really. Um and so there was a big sort of like respect for seeing that and, and knowing that you know he's not just preaching something that he believes up here he can he can actually do it as well so he was brilliant in, in terms of that and, and sort of getting the lads going um, pre-game during the week you'd always have certain things at different times that that would always hit the spot at the right time and say the, the semi-final of the of the playoffs was another thing I think whether well, you done it Neil I think Neil maybe produced yeah. that the sort of video that we had and that song would always stick with me the dell song that was over that video like they're little things that Happened at different times that that sort of had a massive impact, and, and probably still have impacts now. Like every time I hear that song, I just think of that moment, and that's just the way it is. And that, that might be me, or that might be the same for 75% of the players that played with us at that time. But you know, they're the little things that he was doing that sort of no one gets to see, no one gets to know about. And as I said, I think the biggest thing was in understanding individuals and having, having a philosophy of the way that he wants to play. And obviously, press Preston think, oh well, that's probably the biggest. Thing for him, that, that if you speak to him, probably bugs the hell out of him. Like probably bugs the hell out of him. And obviously, having having his dad as you know, one of the best managers in, in history, really having that and always sort of being, you know, i oh, Ferguson's son, and he's done unbelievable to make sort of the progression that he has and, and sort of done what he's done in the game off his own back, and he's all off his own back. Everyone might think I, oh, you know, get self Doesn't get no. There's it no. he's all by himself. So. Like you say, I think I think it was criminal that he never got a chance at different clubs at different times. Obviously he went to Doncaster done well. coming back to Peterborough he always does well. I think it's just if he had the right tools at the right club, I think he'll be doing a lot better than some managers are doing with the with sort of the stuff they've got. But that's just me. I could be wrong. That's just me. that's the way I think.